And here's some of the markers of that you are enslaved to sin. Anxiety, depression, worry, fear, all of these things are actually markers or tells that you are a slave to sin. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Scripture First, the podcast that explores how the Lutheran lectionary is working in your life. I'm your host, Mason Van Essen. It's Reformation Sunday, and we're welcoming both Sarah Stenson and Lars Olson to the podcast to break down the bedrock of biblical Reformation theology and Martin Luther's law gospel distinction. Kiri and I asked them questions including, how can you continue in Jesus's word? How do you know the truth? And what does it mean to be a slave to sin? Lars and Sarah explain that Christ is the one who keeps you in his word. Staying in his word makes you a disciple. Abiding in his word allows you to know the truth. And the truth will make you free. Free from what? Free from sin and death. Now that's real faith. Let's get to this week's conversation. But first, here's John chapter 8, verses 31 through 36. Then Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. They answered him, We are descendants of Abraham and have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean by saying, You will be made free? Jesus answered them, Very truly I tell you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not have a permanent place in the household. The son has a place there forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. And now on to this week's conversation. Welcome back to Scripture First. It is Kiri and me talking to Lars Olson and Sarah Sensen. Thanks for being here, both of you. Thank you. It's been a minute since we've had the two of you together. Yeah, yeah I know. It's been a I long know, it's time. It's kind of nice to see you, Sarah. Uh, yeah, hello. <laughs> <laughs> long time no see. We'll see how this works. And exactly. It'll be very good Might be very the last bad. time. <laughs> well, we're talking about Reformation Sunday. Um, more specifically, we're talking about this text in relation to Reformation Sunday. So um, a lot of people might be confused that Reformation Sundays, you should be preaching about the Reformation. But ah. we're actually breaking down the text as it relates to the subject matter of Reformation Sunday, the law and the gospel and right. Jesus addressing what is freedom. Yeah, you just summed it up very well, Mason. So Perfect. yeah, we're gonna we do it. We, but we, <laughs> we wrap it up. That's right. We're gonna do what we always do with these texts. You don't preach about the Reformation or about Luther. We're actually gonna see this handful, what, thirty one to five, five, six verses mm-hmm. why this is the text we always preach on Reformation Sunday, because it's you're gonna watch it actually deliver the law and the gospel, which was Luther's confession and ours. Nice. Yeah. Okay, so to jump in, it starts off with Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, 
If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples. Let's just stop there real quickly. So first of all, is there significance in the fact that he's talking to the Jews right now? Well, of course. Um, So this is, we're in the eighth chapter of John. So uh, Jesus has been out preaching, um, doing his thing, and people are gathering around him. And so um, he has been, as you've noticed, he's, he, he, he tends to gather a crowd. And mm-hmm. as that crowd comes and starts to listen to him, um, they start to get a little irritated with him, sometimes angry with him, and uh, they start to fall away. So um, it's it's one thing to for them to choose Jesus. It's another thing, as he's pointing out in this, uh, for them to hear his word and remain in it. Right. Yep, they've been watching a lot of things, a lot of miracles, feeding 5,000, pick up your mat, et cetera, et cetera. So there's, there are a lot of people he's talking to, and we're going to watch what happens when he so talks. So when it says, <laughs> um, who had believed in him, mm-hmm. do we know, is, does that mean they no longer believe in him? Well, that's, that's kind of a little bit of foreshadowing there, yeah. isn't it? They had been believing in him, but now... Uh, what's going to happen when they when he actually gives them this word that says, "I will make you free"? Right, mm-hmm. which which ties to actually that if you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples. So there are two key words in that uh, quote from Jesus. Th- these words from Jesus. First is continue. If you continue in my word, the Greek word there is menos, which means abide, remain, stay. So. If you abide in my word, you remain in my word, stay in my word. Live in my word. Right. It really is a sense of kind of resting deeply in Christ's word. And the key, which actually goes to the Jews who had believed in him, the key then is who is in control of whether or not we are abiding or remaining in Jesus' word. It's Jesus. It's not us. It's not you. Mm Mm-hmm. But, but that's really strange to people. Like when Jesus says, Can, if you continue yeah. my word, it almost sounds to them like, um, let me find a way to do that so yeah, that I can always stay true. in this word, yeah. which is exactly the opposite it's of what Jesus is saying in this entire thing. Right. Um, but if Jesus is going to uh, make his word available, he's going to keep you in that word, then you will continue in it and that'll make you a disciple. The ah, second word is the yeah, disciple, right, Exactly. Sarah? Yep, so that's Methodius in the Greek, and that disciple is another word, and this is this is a word that is, um, I think I had October week two, so three weeks ago, um, I talked about, well, this is a, a, a sp- expression or word that's misused a lot, um, understood differently by Christians. Disciple is another big one up at the top of that list of words that Christians hear, and they think it means something that it does not. It's the same with the continue, mean. right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like, uh, I'm going to continue in the word and I'm going to become a better disciple or I'm going right. to make myself a what disciple. What was the movie that I do not think that word means what you think it means? <laughs> I don't think that means what you think yeah. it means. <laughs> <laughs> disciples is that. one of those what words. Is that? I don't know. Some, um, yeah. <laughs> so disciple, um, people are going to, it means in the Greek, learner, pupil, disciple. So, Methodius. So, it certainly does, Disciple is accurate. What, but what is it? Hold on. It's Princess Bride, everybody. Oh, oh my Princess goodness. Bride. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mason. Um, of course, just the classic to yeah, tie into here. I love that movie. Okay. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Continue, so Sarah. <laughs> people think Disciple is, you know, you have a discipleship program, or I am a disciple of Christ, and so I am going to do X, Y, Z, and it's up to me, and 
pull myself up by my discipleship usually has to do with bootstraps, study, like somebody you're discipline. Gonna, yeah, they're yep. gonna they're gonna study their Bible and be Praying. a better disciple this week. Exactly, mm-hmm. and this goes directly to the menos, the abiding in Christ's word. It's the same thing. Jesus is saying, if or when, it's the, a Greek preposition that means either if or when, when you continue, when you rest in my word, then you are truly my disciple. So you are not in control of your resting in Christ's word. You are not in control of whether or not you are a disciple of Christ. Jesus makes you his disciple by delivering his word to you. Right. Yeah. You stay... When Christ is forcing you, not forcing, but like when he's surrounding you with his word, that makes you into a disciple. Yes. It's it's a causation that way. That yes. Not, not, We're passive in being made right. into a disciple, a disciple. That's right. So is that, can you do that by, by reading your Bible? Faith comes through. Hearing. 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 <laughs> Right. right. So Hearing. we're passive. Now we're not saying don't study the scripture, but we are saying if you're just sitting in your little office reading the Bible, you will, there's no way you can avoid it. You're going to kind of pick and choose, mm-hmm. cherry pick. You're going to start twisting things. So that, that one doesn't really mean me. That's actually why you need a preacher from the outside, either formal or informal fellow Christian to deliver that word to you. So you cannot escape. You are the sinner. Christ forgives your sin. Right. When, when what Sarah's describing is what disciples do to try to make themselves right, and they go through and they pick their favorite Bible verse. They might right. even call it a life verse. Right. Uh, they might say this is my theme verse and, and accountability of, partners. And right. But they what they end up doing is saying uh, I'm living according to the Word, but yeah. that Word is interpreted how I want it. So you become a disciple of yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and okay. that's actually the problem of not having a preacher. And that's actually what Jesus is getting at. Being a disciple of the self is not to be a disciple of Christ, which makes you, uh, we'll get to it, a slave, a slave. rather than yep. a, a free, free person. Yep. All right. Really packed it in there. Okay. <laughs> verse 32. Second verse. Everyone's this is why us. they keep Sarah and I apart most exactly. of the time. <laughs> verse number two. If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples, mm-hmm. and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Well, that's seems to be on the face of it. Just a nice little verse there. But what does it mean to know the truth? Yeah, so the, I know we talk about the truth. We talk about truth a lot. So yeah. let's keep doing it because it's one that's Im- it's important to talk about nowadays when everyone has their own truth. Exactly. Which is exactly not what Jesus which is means saying. their own opinions. <laughs> yes, that's right. So Aletheia uh, in the Greek is truth. And in ancient Greece, it actually meant reality, not an illusion, a real thing. So it's just a few chapters later here. We're in John 8. In John 14, Jesus overtly identifies himself as the truth. I am the way, the truth, the life. And it's the same word there for truth. So this is not opinion. This is Jesus saying, knowing the truth, the reality, which is, again, abiding, continuing, remaining in his word, that will make you free and free you from what? And I'll let Lars kind of take over on the free from what? Well, free from sin, free from self, free from death, mm-hmm. uh, even. And it's strange that truth would free you from those kinds of things, however, because, you know, we usually think of truth as something that you're always finding more of. You're always discovering deeper truths right. and going further as and further down too. this 
that you get to either discover or find that Jesus becomes the truth. There is nothing else to know or to uh, to um, discover in order to have a deeper life mm-hmm. is kind of a shocking thing here, right? Um, maybe but it maybe is, that, is, this, is this a helpful way to... Is, uh, there's a difference between truth and facts. Like maybe you're discovering you're, more facts and facts, absolutely and facts right. about life, is but... There? But there's only one singular truth, and that's right. Jesus. Okay. Yeah. No, that's that's what actually what Jesus is getting at, right? Uh, that we keep finding more facts, and actually, to to there are true facts, um, but the truth is not just information or facts that you can you know go deeper and and find out more about. And that's not just an opinion that like, that is actually what Jesus is right. saying. Because again, even though we're going slowly on this one statement of Jesus. If you abide in my word, you're truly my disciple. You will know the truth. The truth will make you free. So it is Christ's own word um, delivers the truth, and that truth will make you free. So abiding in Christ's word is what gives you freedom, nothing else. It actually is freeing you from having to search for facts yep. or to wonder if you've discovered enough right. um, to look further, deeper inside of yourself or inside of other people um, to find, you know, are they worthy of my discipleship? Mm-hmm. Do I need to listen to them? Mm-hmm. It's actually a freedom that right there in the truth that Jesus is talking about uh, to take you um, away from all the uh, the things that would try to bind you to things other, to your life other than Christ. So the truth here. Is, Just to put a cap on it for us, right? Yes. Because it says it twice, essentially in a row, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. Mm-hmm. So the truth is Christ. Exactly. And yes. Christ will make you free. And he says as much Continuing in John in 14. His word. Exactly. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. The, no other options, no alternatives, no exceptions. The way, the oh, truth, okay. the. Yeah. Yep. And of course, Not it's also way. famously Correct. Pilate saying, "What is truth?" Right, right. Mm. With Jesus As he's there looking right at in his it, face. yeah. What yeah. is truth? What is yeah. truth? It's mm-hmm. you're still it's looking me. for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then they continue, and now the Jews answered him, "We are descendants of Abraham and have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean when you say you will be made free?" Right. So. Uh, this is one of the traps that uh, that they have already fallen yes, into, right? Yeah. Uh, they think they're free, and they think they're free because they are descendants of Abraham. Which is the law, correct? Well, uh, Abraham was before the law, but you're close in this, Kiri, because what, what, uh, what Abraham was given was told that I'm going to make a great nation out of you, right? Yeah. Uh, and God is going to do this. And so they, the, uh, those who, the Jews, it's very important that it's the Jews who had believed in him. Now hear Jesus' word saying, I'll make you free. And they look and say, but Abraham is our rock. Abraham is the one uh, that we trust. And Abraham is the one to whom God gave this word. So that's, that is, uh, makes us free because we are God's people already by, um, by order of our by lineage, uh, lineage, by, by our descendancy, right? right? By uh, by so who we are as a people. Something so, within us okay. now is what's freeing us. So there, um, and this is, I love this conversation about descendants of Abraham, uh, the offspring, and the I will make of you a great nation. That great nation is Goyim, and it actually means Gentiles. It means non-Jews specifically. Goyim in Hebrew. So, so the the. The Jews specifically here do not have faith in Christ, but they think their um, righteousness is in their 
birthright, that they were born in the line of, out of the um, lineage of Abraham. Luther has this great treatment uh, of the Genesis text coming out of Sacrifice of Isaac, especially that part of Genesis, where he talks about there are multiple, kind of three sets of descendants of Abraham. And we're dealing with one here. They think their righteousness is purely in the DNA, in that genetic, the lineage. But then Luther says, we actually, those of us who have faith in Christ, which is why this is the Reformation text, by the way, we are descendants of Abraham in faith. We are the goyim, the part of the great nation God promised Abraham because we have faith in Christ. And there were Jews at that time who did. Obviously, Abraham is one. He was one of the the you know Jews, the Israelites, um, who had been an idolater. But then he is given faith in Christ. That's the the promise, and that's carried all the way through Abraham's line. But it's all about faith in Christ, the promise of Christ, not about the the DNA. Hmm. Yeah. So it's okay. Uh, so, but you that can was see, a lot, but that was a really good way of putting it, though. Good. Yeah, right. Right, but you can see how they might get a little irritated now that <laughs> yeah. their hope yeah. uh, is in being a child of Abraham rather than my hope is in Christ who has come to bring me mm-hmm. uh, to bring me freedom. And the offense. We've never been slaves to anyone. How dare you call me a yeah. slave? <laughs> right. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot yeah. of... Uh, oh, lot of, yeah, the negative interpretation uh-huh. there, even back in the, the those offense. days. Absolutely. Yep. And of course, it's just patently wrong, right? Uh, the children of Abraham have been slaves numerous times. Yeah, right. That's the other uh, irony. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> uh, just Egypt, uh, right. you know, Babylon. Uh, now even the Romans are occupying yeah. uh, the, the Holy Land. So it's it's just patently false that they have never been mm-hmm. um, slaves, but they just can't even see that. They All they can <laughs> see is uh, Abraham, Abraham, Abraham all the way down. Uh, yeah. How dare you say we're not free? Right. That's really what they're getting at. How dare you, Jesus, tell us we are not free? Okay. Which is, by the way, demonstrating how not free they are at that <laughs> but, moment. But that's actually a really key point for uh, for preaching on this, is to, is to notice when you start telling people that they are bound in their sin <laughs> yeah. and need freedom, mm-hmm. they're going to be upset about it. Which and is the next verse, actually. That was a really good segue to verse 34. <laughs> Jesus answered, I'll let you kind of rip, keep rip going on that, Lars, that Jesus answered very truly. I tell you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. That's right. kind of what you're getting at there. That's what I'm getting at. Uh, so Jesus wasn't talking about the Romans. He's not talking about the Babylonians or the Egyptians. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not talking about uh, modern day politics that that wants uh, yeah. some sort of a freedom or even uh, the United States Constitution that tries yep. to give us this. He's talking about sin, yeah. uh, that power over us um, that keeps us locked into wondering how we're going to get out of this and and convincing ourselves that we, if we strive hard enough, we can get there and we'll finally be free. And remember the definition of sin. Mm-hmm. One word, unbelief. Mm-hmm. Right. So unbelief, what? Well, that God is God and you are not. So you can't work your way into belief. Exactly. You can't work your way out of unbelief. Finally, that word that Jesus is talking about has to come and take hold of you. So you're not in control of if you're a disciple or not. So in in this context, these Jews thought their righteousness were because they were descendants of Abraham. Yep. And that is why they are a slave to sin, because that is unbelief. It's unbelief. That's exactly right. They think their righteousness is in their genetic heritage. That's it. Not Christ calls you his child, not faith in Christ. And remember, when you break 
the first commandment, which is, I am Lord of God, you shall have no other gods. And the Jews, of course, knew this. The Ten Commandments were given to them, not to us even. So when Jesus is saying everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin, what he's another way of hearing that is everyone who breaks the first commandment, everyone who does not believe God is God, as they're looking God in the face in that moment, breaks all the rest of them. That first commandment is all about idolatry. Having faith in everyone and everything else, not just in their lives, but in our lives, to Lars's point about preaching this text here and now in our congregations, we all have a whole boatload full of idols in our lives. Luther actually defines the little g God or idol as anything and anyone we turn to when things are tough. So spouse, family, children, intellectual capacity, bank account. Medical doctor, whatever it is. You can shorten it, Sarah. What? Anything but Christ <laughs> Anything is an idol. Anything but Christ. That's right. Categorical, as, as Paulson said. Categorical. Yeah, but people also reject that some stuff is sinful. Sin, right. Too. For exactly so that's why the same reason, Carrie. to break it down. But well, I'm not, Lars. I'm, I'm not, I'm no, not taking not issue. No, he's not arguing. He's just uh, saying I'm just saying everything. We only have 25 minutes in right. the podcast there. <laughs> no, that's uh, right. We've got a long encyclopedia <laughs> to go long, through. Right. <laughs> Thanks, Sarah. We'll still be here tomorrow. Just <laughs> listing this idolatry. That's right. But it's all of those things. You know, uh, we talk about uh, the true God, Christ, yeah. as this giver who gives himself all the way uh, to the cross for giving mm-hmm. sin. Yep. Uh, that God is a uh, a gracious, merciful giver. That's what God wants to do in creation all the way through. God is giving of himself. Here, um, Jesus says, but slay, sin makes you a slave. So sin is a demander, not a giver of you. Uh, and sin is always mm-hmm. telling you, you must do more. There's more demanded of you rather than here's what God is giving to you. And here's some of the markers of that you are enslaved to sin. Anxiety, depression, worry, fear, all of these things are actually markers or tells that you are a slave to sin. Any one of those things, which is, you know, every one of us at multiple points in the day, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm worried about this. Or You were just report. asking me how I'm doing. Yeah. And I was like, well, anxious. funny I'm that anxious you asked. Yeah. depressed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> worried. Yeah. Worried. All the things. Things exactly. are out of control for you. Uh-huh. You're right. 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 So. Yeah. But. What? But I just want to interject here quick that everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's really easy to hear that as as commit a sin, like commit a crime, right? Like if I True. murder somebody, that's right. a sin. Oh, great. Yeah. So then you think automatically like Ten Commandments, like it's like some sort of like singular action is a sin. That was actually in the old early Christian church, and it still is in the Roman Catholic, the, the word concupiscence, that people will try to say it's a specific action or sin of commission or omission, they'll try to break it even into categories, but especially concupiscence, which is things that everyone's going to point to and say, oh yeah, that's bad. That's a sin. Mm -hmm. But if you kind of substitute everyone who unbelieves God is a slave to sin, that makes it actually more accurate scripturally to what's really happening there with that word sin. And the the point of the word commit there is exactly what you're you're getting at, Mason, is is that um, when you are under the power of this sin... You do what it says. That's what a slave does. Yeah. And so uh, when sin is speaking to you, when sin has this voice on you, you do what it says. So you are its slave. You are a slave to the sin that owns you until uh, this word of Christ comes to free you. Which 
by the way, you know, this is going to go really long now, Lars, but, <laughs> but what, when you're a slave to sin, that means you're chasing after your own identity. You're trying yeah. to protect your own idols. You're mm-hmm. trying, I mean, it's the futility of creating your own identity or establishing it or, you know, looking at yourself in the mirror and today's going to be a better day. You know, yeah. all those things. This is, you're a slave to sin. That's what it looks like in real life. Because sin is demanding yep. that you do more. That you chase. That you get out of this on your own. Yep. That you take control when you're feeling uncon- out of control. Yes. That you take control yep. of your life and, and commit yourself to Jesus or something like that. But Ferdy, Gerhard Ferdy has this great essay um, where he talks about kind of what this looks like in real life. And he talks about the black hole of need that can never be filled. That's what happens when you're a slave to sin. Demanding, it's yeah. always going to demand more. You're never going to be able to fill yeah, up the it hole. Does. It does. Right. Mm-hmm. So one little word will fell the devil. That's the attack of the devil. This is why we sing a mighty fortress on Reformation Sunday. Mm-hmm. That one little word is Christ, Jesus. That's it. One little word fells the devil, gives you faith in Christ. Enough chasing after that black hole. Right. I mean, that that ties right into the next verse, that the slave does not have a permanent place in the household. Mm -hmm. The son has a place there forever. I mean, Mm -hmm. the black hole of unbelief does not have a permanent place in the household when Christ is there because Christ evaporates that unbelief. Just so with if that the singular word. If the makes you free, you will be free indeed. Mm-hmm. And on that note, we've reached the end of this week's episode, my friends. Thank you to Sarah Stenson and Lars Olson for teaching us how this text gets to the heart of Martin Luther's law gospel distinction and ultimately delivers the gospel message that Christ forgives your sins. Christ is the one who keeps you in his word. He makes you his disciple. Staying in Jesus' word allows you to know the truth, the singular truth, the truth that makes you free. Free from what? Free from sin and death. That freedom is true faith. Are you looking to deepen your understanding of the Christian faith or of a particular tenet of Lutheranism? Luther House of Study has a suite of free interactive courses available. Visit lutherhouseofstudy.org to see their available courses, create an account to track your progress, and dive deeper into your learning. Also, if you're looking to make an impact with your charitable giving toward the end of the year, please consider donating to Luther House of Study. Whether that's sponsoring a podcast episode or making a tax-deductible donation that supports Luther House's mission, we thank you ahead of time. Thanks again for joining us this week. Remember, Christ has done it all. We'll see you next time on Scripture First.